Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Like, like we get to say, travelers, this is our favorite part of our show. Me and Ricky could run our mouth all you want, but we know you want to have the guest. But this guest is a reoccurring guest. All right. Hey, you guys saw him in episode. I forgot what episode that is, Rick. If you can look that up or hey, Jay, just drop it, a little clip of it. Um, um, that 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 old episode. And a lot of people, some people were like, man, they were following your story because he's a like he said, he just blew up on uh, 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 on TikTok and didn't really know how he did it, but he did it. So we have JP back today again, and we're gonna dive into a lot of his story. How you doing, JP? Doing great, doing great. Thanks, Scott, for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so we're just going to dive into it, man, because I know you're a busy man. If everybody see that background, that means he's at his office. He's right right there in D.C., downtown D.C. He's at his office. So I saw on TikTok where, who was it? Was it the owner of the, the Nets, right? No, he's uh, Steve Ballmer. He's the owner of a basketball team. I, I want to say that Balmer the is... Clippers. Clippers. The Clippers. Yeah. Owner of the Clippers. And owner he has, of the Clippers. Go ahead. He has a fund where he is... It's called the Balmer Family Fund. Um, they don't tell you all of this also. Um, just keep that in mind. You have to do the, the digging, the digging like, yeah. to, to be able to find out exactly what it is. Um, but what he did was basically what everybody does it, at his level, which is a PR stunt. You go around and you say, listen, I have the Balmer Family Fund and the Balmer Family Fund is going to contribute of a $400 million pot, 30% of that specifically to minority businesses, right? Mm. To invest in them. Now, what they don't tell you or what they did tell you, excuse me, while he was on the show on Good Morning America he has another fund, which is Outset Capital, and Outset Capital is uh, supposedly a Black-owned fund that is going to be responsible for delegating that money out. It acts as a funds of funds model, meaning that mm. they take one fund, create another fund to fund something else. In mm -hmm. any other situation, I always tell people this. I don't give a crap about the little letters that come after your name. I, it doesn't make you smart. But in any situation, yes, you mean to the uninformed, ill-informed, and unwilling to learn, this sounds like, oh, it's a great idea. But to the informed, willing <laughs> to learn and educated, or just basically street smart person, it sounds like a three-card shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that it is. Yeah. So the outside capital fund then takes that outside capital is supposed to then take that fund, that pot of money and distribute it to other venture capital funds, black owned mm -hmm. venture capital funds. Those venture capital funds are supposed to then go and find the companies to invest in. Right. Mm -hmm. I called Will right then and there. I was like, okay, no, because having navigated this for so long, I, I, I saw where he was lying. I knew he was lying from the second that he said it. Um, we can, we can debate and assume tax strategy. 
I the part of it that I, I'm assuming is that this is just a, a real good tax strategy to avoid paying taxes on half a billion dollars, if not more. That's all that it is. So would you rather get taxed of upwards of 50% on something? Or would you rather hold that money in, in arrear somewhere, park it for a couple of years, and then repatriate it back in some way, shape, or form? In my opinion, that's what they're doing. Um, again, that's the assumption. But the most interesting part is I reached out to a lot of these firms, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to figure out what firms it is, because you got to have a master Rolodex. you got to have basically a Rolodex of firms that you're participating with, that they know what the criteria is, where you list it out and you say, okay, if you meet X, Y, Z criteria and we have one, two, and three, we're gonna bring those things together and we're going to invest. There's no type of information set that's there. So I emailed Outset Capital, I even spoke with, uh, with somebody there and she gave me the information. She said, here's a link, here are these firms and you're gonna go out and you gotta pitch them. And I was like, okay, should I say that you guys sent me? Like, what's the direction? So a part of yeah. it was I, I was acting like I didn't know what I was doing. And another part of it was I was genuinely curious because I looked at it as, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on TikTok and I'm going to let the world know. I'm going to let other founders know who don't necessarily have an idea of what to do. Hey, here's a spark. Here's, here's a, an initial roadway. Here's a beachhead where you can go through and you can start to navigate. Because the way I look at it is, if there's a guy around the corner that's ready to beat you up and you're walking down that block, you know, just dilly-dallying down the road, I'd rather let you know, hey, there's trouble coming around the corner. Rather, mm -hmm. than, let you get, rather than let you get punched in the face the way I did. Yeah. So in all of the emails that I did, um, what I did with TikTok specifically was I said, okay, I'm going to list out all of these funds. I'm going to send the same message to every single fund. I'm going to find every single key partner of the fund. I'm going to email them directly, submit my information out of, I think now the list is up to like 15 people out of the 15. I got three responses out of the three responses. Only one of them did I actually speak to. And that was by coincidence. I won't mention the name because the guy is like legitimately a great guy. He's actually the managing director of the fund and he, we're, I had spoken to him years ago. This was prior to COVID and just really, really smart guy. I'm actually going to speak to him and tell him about what I'm doing. And if I have his permission, then, you know, I'll actually let you guys know. So you guys can have hopefully a, a dialogue where we can have an actual managing director. He's a black yeah. guy of a VC versus and against the entrepreneur who's looking for VC funding. So you get two dynamics to be able to understand. But yeah. definitely. When I emailed him and I emailed uh, his assistant that was also on the line, he said that he had no idea. And I went on private email with him. Um, we were exchanging messages back and forth because I had the cell phone number and everything. And he's like, listen, JP, I don't know. I've, I've heard of Outside Capital, but I have no deal with them. I have no idea. I don't even know why they would list me on their website as a phone, <laughs> as a company that's, that's doing that's this. Funded. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea. Like, just to give you the initial breakdown, if you are a VC, and Marlon's a VC, right? And Marlon funds you, Ricky. The, the, the understanding is, okay, if JP comes to you and says, hey, I have this great idea, right? And let's say there's 100% of the company to be taken, right? Mm -hmm. Out of that 100%, somebody's got to get a percentage. So let's just assume that it's 20%. Yeah. You're going to get a cut of that. And then you bring me to Marlon's fund. He gets a cut. And then we have the master fund 
that's supposed to fund it and also get a cut. So this is no different from, again, I always tell people, don't confuse it because when you confuse it, you're trying to lie to somebody or you don't understand it. It's no different from the music business or Mm. better yet, it's no different from the drug game. That's all you're saying. It's no different from the drug game. Correct. And and I had to say, like, uh, you know, it's not one of the, it's one of those things where even with the black VCs, I've, I've, I'm noticing this. They gatekeep. They, mm. don't, they don't want. It's like me saying, I don't want you to be successful because if you reach this level of success, you're going to not only reach it, but you're going to surpass me. And mm. if you surpass me, there's potential that, well, it diminishes me in the light that I'm shining right here. But mm. what people don't understand is it's sort of like a lantern. The lantern that you're shining, it's shining directional, only down on the lower class of people. You're not shining up to the people Mm -hmm. that are above you, which is the problem. Yes, sir. The the way I look at it is I'd rather be I'd rather be a star. Star shines light on everything. Yeah. Yeah. 360. Yeah, 360. So the way I look at it is I'm going to lift up the covers because everything's been getting swept under the rug for too long. And again, people message me and they're like, I can't believe you're doing this or why are you doing this? This isn't going to get you funded. And I'm like, this is a win-win no matter what, because if I get funded, I win. If I don't get funded, somebody else learns and I win. Yeah. So yes, either sir. way I win no matter what. Yes, no sir. What. So yes, sir. I don't think that they really understood that at first, but a large majority of people like just off of, off of that, like, Almost, I, I want to say I, I couldn't even count it no more. Well over 500 messages came into my inbox. I can't even get through all of them. Like I, I started responding to some people today via Instagram because they hit me up on IG. Um, I can't even begin to tell you how many messages I have on that. Like the little Instagram thing stopped counting. So <laughs> there's that. Wow. Um, like there are people, there are other founders that message me, and they're like, I am going through the same thing, literally mm. the same thing, and. I'm of the mindset that they don't want to invest. They don't, they say that they do, but they don't really want to. And it's, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. And mm. I can pour the fact out by providing the data. Less than 1% of the capital actually goes to black owned founders. As a, you guys can, um, to your viewers, they yeah. can look up the TechCrunch article. From that, let's drill down into that less than 1% who's actually doing the funding of them and who is it that's actually getting the money. If you follow the, if you follow the, what I call the nepotism tree, there's usually less than one to two degrees of separation. It's because their mom, their dad, their brother, or their sister went to school with some Stanford grad whose daddy runs some fund. Uninteresting people totally and completely, but their claim to flame is they got it right once but they've never gotten it right ever since because the numbers show that almost 99 out of 100 investments that they go into fail. Mm. So let's think about something here. You're supposed to be this smart, but 99 times out of 100, you're failing. Mm. And the people you're investing in, it's compounded because out of those 100 people, 99 of them are absolute failures. Mm. So it's not just like, you know, the one time you got it wrong 
you, you know, no. that's okay. It's literally 99 different people that are failing in an organization, at an organizational level. So one company might have 10 people, one company might have five. You're not doing the due diligence that's required. And my question to that then is why? Why? Which also delves into this whole FTX thing. And I'm just about whole, to bring that up. The whole cryptocurrency craze. Because again, when you look at and you put all the pieces of the puzzles together, you can't tell me that a company like Tiger Global Capital, which is one of the best, or quote, best VC funds and, and, and just private equity funds, you can't tell me that they didn't do their due diligence. Mm -hmm. It's either that they didn't do their due diligence and they knew it was a scam, yep. or they're complete idiots. Yep. And either way, it's still just as bad. It's still mm. just as bad. And I, I tell people that look like us the very same thing. The number, I don't, in every organization, I don't care what organization, you could pick one. We'll pick the best and biggest one, Amazon. Over 85% of Amazon's labor force are people of color. That's not 85, my, 85%. over 85% wow. of the people in those warehouses are wow. people of color. Think about it. Where are, let's take New York, for example. Let's take the DMV in New York, for example. Huge urban population centers, huge population centers in general, right? Right. Yeah. When you see an Amazon driver, I don't care what it is. When you see a UPS mm -hmm. driver, mm -hmm. what do they look like? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. What do you think the person? In, what do you think the person sorting all those boxes looks like? What do you think yeah. the person packaging all those boxes look like? Mm -hmm. The That's vast true. majority of them, of the labor force, are black people. This is called people of color because Puerto Ricans yeah. and Dominicans don't seem to think that they that they're black, but they are. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's people of color. So they're building up these organizations to be multi-billion-dollar conglomerates. So at some point in time, I look at it and I say, okay, where the labor force, where the liquidity arm, because let's think about something within the black population, the liquidity or the velocity of money is one of the highest. As soon as I get $10, it's automatically it's out. going out. Correct. So it's velocity, it's turnover is massive. So I'm looking at that and I'm saying, wait a second. Okay, I'm the labor force. I'm the liquidity arm. I'm the culture driver, meaning we make it cool. Jack yeah. Dorsey literally said, Twitter would never be where it's at if it wasn't for black people. There's literally a thing called black Twitter. Yes. Yeah. A subcategory which, underpin, yeah. which underpins the entire ecosystem. The most popular people that you can think of on Instagram, Kim Kardashian, for example. You got to look at it as Kim Kardashian is not the trendsetter. It's the people she's following that are influencing her who look like me and you that are the trendsetters. So when you're looking at that, I'm saying to myself, okay, like I said, we're the liquidity arm, we're the labor force. We make up the culture movement. What's stopping us from controlling the company? You mean mm. we're doing all of these things? Mm. but. So we can't, 
we can't turn the key mm-hmm. to drive the car? Mm. Something, something doesn't make sense. I got a call the other day, for example, right? Over $2 billion is being allocated in New York State for construction. Mm, yep. I got a call that said, JP, we need you to stand up a construction company. I don't know about when it comes <laughs> to construction. I know if I got a problem, I call a contractor. God made contractors for a reason. I, I wasn't built for that. I wasn't built for it. <laughs> Just not, I outsource it. I don't know nothing about that. But what I do know is how to manage and grow a company, how to manage, a, how to put a balance sheet together, how to put a, how to put a projection together. And that's the biggest thing that is preventing them from working with a lot of minority firms yes. and scaling minority firms. So they said, you bring an incredibly important component because you can actually sit in a boardroom with yes. these people. Yes. For example, Magic Johnson got a multi-hundred uh, multi, multi million contract in the construction project that's going on in New York State right now. Magic don't know nothing about construction. Nope. Nothing. Barely knows anything about movie theaters, but that doesn't stop him from having one. <laughs> but you, you understand what I'm saying? And he said something that was really important. The same amount of energy that it takes to earn a million is the same amount of money that it takes to earn a hundred million. Yes, so sir. To try to go for. So at the end of the day, I'm starting up a construction company. Again, <laughs> it's because they need, they need the face at the end of the day. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm okay with that because my job afterwards is to say, okay, the door's open for, let's say you guys to say, hey, come on through. I got the door open while I can, before they crush my foot, get on through. However you yeah, yeah. Because yeah, again, to me, I think it's, it's the highlight of sucker. Could you, like imagine, imagine if I invite you to my house, I have this big, beautiful house. You know, it's a half mile in from the driveway. I have staff that's opening the door for you. And you going home to go live in the projects. Mm. <laughs> that don't make no sense. To me, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I want to be able to come to your house, drive a half mile in, have staff wait on me. To me, I think that's stupid. It's a liability. It's a mm. huge liability. But I also think that it's just human behavior, unfortunately, of the society that we live in, where we want to be able to call ourselves or be dominant or be superior to others. Mm-hmm. The first. Mm-hmm. The first. Yeah. I want to hear the, the first. Yeah. And in this case, the, the saddest part is, the saddest part, in my opinion, excuse me to be vulgar, uh, we're racing to be the first one that's lynched. And it mm. doesn't make sense. It, it, to me, it just doesn't make sense at all whatsoever because those people will never accept you. They'll never like you. And I, I just not, think it's the, I think it's the, height yep. of, it's the height of selfishness at the end of the yeah. day. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was like, listen, man, because he's telling me why I work so hard, why I work so hard and stuff like that. And he was like, yo, you could probably, you could probably punch that ticket now. And I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't think I can, but even if I could, I wouldn't. And I'm not at the level that I want to be at. And he's like, what happens if you don't get there? And I said, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to get there. Mm. Maybe it's supposed to be that I, I don't reach where I'm supposed to, but my son is able to reach where he wants to. Yeah, so I'm saying. I think it's that level of selflessness that a lot of us, a lot of people lack, in my opinion. That's just me. 
Yeah. So let's uh, we we could go this two way because we could talk about what just happened with Deion Sanders. I don't know if you're following that mm-hmm. with him leaving um, Jackson State, and it's a it's a double edged sword um, because the the alumni from those HBCUs don't invest back into HBCUs, but they want the HBCUs to grow at a rapid rate. And well, let's let's not go there. Let's talk about the FTX first, right? A lot of people have been following this FTX, but I want to know how does a guy like that get away with all the uh I'm gonna build a board, I'm not gonna build a board. Um, my fund is here. I, I could transfer fund from this place to this place to that place, and nobody's tracking nothing. I understand he was in the Bahamas, but still it's a financial there's a financial institution that's involved. It's simple. Again, I subscribe to Oakham's razor. The simple solution is the solution. It's fraud. Mm. Yes. It's fraud. It's like, fraud. Period. The end. Now, and they knew. To, to, they absolutely knew. There's no doubt in my mind they knew. I want to be clear about something. They knew. To, yes, give, to give the viewer an understanding of it. When I have a company and I want to invest or I want to be invested in there is something called a due diligence process. Correct. Within that due diligence process, the, fir- the first iteration of this, Ricky, I- you want to invest in me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rick, I'm glad that you want to invest in me. Let's get our lawyers together. Let's, let's sit down. Let's hammer something out. Yeah. Two parties now turns to at least four or six. That's six people now that have their hands in something. Yeah. Me and you could be wrong. The other four people, people. yeah. You're (laughs) you're increasing the the, the likelihood or you're decreasing the likelihood of being wrong or somebody missing something. Yeah, exactly. So there's variation, right? We hammer something out. Let's say that all six people miss it. That's fine. Typically, Marlon is an auditor or evaluator, he basically values my company and comes to us both and says, listen, guys, you guys want to do this deal? This is what I believe that it's worth. Yep. From there, we try to cut the fat, we, we give and play, we do the dance. During that process, Marlon has looked at everything. He's looked and seen if I have health insurance. He's looked and seen how much my debt to income ratio is. He's looked yep. and see if I have any collections. He's looked at the company in and out. He's looked at the money coming into the company. He's looked at who is funding the company. He's looked at the balance sheet. He's looked at the profit and loss statement. He's looked at the tax returns. He's looked at the corporate governance. He's looked at the documents that encompass the company. Where is it incorporated at? How many subsidiaries does it have? Are there any investigations from clients? All of these exhaustive things have gone into it. And I'm just mentioning basic general things. Yeah. <laughs> even, even those things that I mentioned have at least a hundred different things included in them. Correct. And remember how I said, you know, the, the conversations between me and you, and then we include our lawyers and stuff like that. And it's six yeah. people. That six people has now compounded to almost 25 to 30 people mm-hmm. at its mm-hmm. minimum. Mm-hmm. There's something called a Sarbanes-Oxley. Sarbanes-Oxley is a law 
that when you are investing in a listed company, certified financial documents and statements must be signed off on. You must attest that the dollar that you said that you earned, you actually earned. Correct. If you are in violation of Sarbanes-Oxley, do not pass go, go to jail. Just like that. Mm. I will be surprised if anybody goes to jail. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the chat, and, and in the audit process, they got to see how much money is moving from one company to another. Billy, I'm, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about $10, people. Audience, we're not talking about, we're talking about millions and billions. How much was um, FTX was, what, $20 billion they're worth? Yep. Now, I want you to think about something. You see how you're saying billions? <laughs> Imagine one billion $1 bills, right? It's a lot of money, right? Yes, sir. It's the simplest thing. A lot of people like to think that this is complicated. It's not. If I have $1, it's in my bank account. Venmo, let's, keep, let's simplify it. Yep. I Venmo you, Marlon, $1. Yeah. There is a record that's Correct. there. Ricky can see the record. Okay, it went to Marlon. Marlon then takes that same dollar and sends it to Ricky. Ricky sends it to his cousin. Ricky's cousin sends it. You can follow the money, literally, yes, to see yeah, where yeah, the yeah. money landed. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. have to buy all of this. Oh, well, you know, they were dealing in crypto and the wallets and this. Even better, the wallets themselves have uh, identifiers. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have identifiers. You can find the identifier. You might not be able to find where the money went afterwards, maybe, but you can find the identifier where the where the final rest of that money went. Period. Yes, and for billions of dollars to go through somewhere where it's real estate, for example, that's purchased, that money went somewhere. It The land that that real estate was purchased for, it went to somebody. Yes. Somebody yeah. has it. You need to find out who that somebody is. That's not right. hard to do. So if they say for one single second that they don't, I watched the interview with that guy on CNBC. People, to the uninformed, they'll think that he did a horrible interview. To the informed, he, willing to learn and educated, <laughs> three-card shuffle. That man was perfect. You look at him, you look at him and you think, oh, this guy, he's, he's not smart. He's, yeah. he's, not, he's not smart. He looks, he looks autistic almost. Yes, that's we what they're trying to give it. We can't send this guy to jail. Everything about his body language, dismissive behavior, he's closed off, he's looking down. And then when he's talking, he won't look back up at you. He'll, he'll be like, hey, Marlon. He's looking off to the side. <laughs> Again, displaying this level. It's all, it's all a game. It's yeah. all a game. His, uh, parents uh, are, uh. his parents are professors. His parents have worked in the public sector for compliance and due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be clear. I want to be clear about something because there's there's a level and we all know how, you know, the Alex Joneses of the world, the conspiracy theories. It's not a conspiracy because I want you, it's not a conspiracy theory. This is fact. And I yeah. want to be clear about something. Again, the drug game. There are people in jail right now who have never sold a bag of weed, a gram of Coke, but they mm -hmm. are in jail for the conspiracy to receive, yep. to receive or distribute. Correct. Mm -hmm. Just because they have the ability, the knowledge, and the social network, they are guilty too. 
Mm. Yeah. So you mean to tell me at its most basic level, this doesn't violate any type of conspiracy laws? Mm. Did they confiscate his um his spotted what that 30 million? They didn't? Wow. There's no record of confiscation from Department of Justice, nothing. All there is is an inquiry and an investigation. He's not in jail. Wow. He's not in jail. So mm. these are the things that we have to try to be able to understand, to be able to say to ourselves, okay, this is a high-level elite game that these people are playing, yeah. and there's nothing that stops us from necessarily playing the same the same game, but they'll never let us play that game. Yeah, you're both They're, being jail right now. I'd be reading about you, JP. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't even. I wouldn't even have been able to get to that level. Yeah, to that level. That's, Correct. that's the first. Correct. That's the first Correct. thing. I, I wouldn't even be able to get to that level. At its most basic level, again, he looks like a kid who didn't know what he was doing. He's a grown ass man. He's almost thirty years old. Correct. Almost Correct. thirty years old. Like. There's nothing you're going to be able to tell me to convince me otherwise. Again, all this is, is three-card shuffle. Moving the cards around. Look over here, don't look there. That's all. That's all. Like, that. that's flat out the end. And I'm just sitting here wondering, when, when are people going to burn this shit down? Because that's what it's going to come to. That's literally what it's going to come to. There's, I tell people this all the time. There's never been... It's what's called the Velvet Revolution. There has only been two Velvet Revolutions in modern history. Modern history being the last 500 years, where mm -hmm. power has succeeded without any violence or bloodshed. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show. You can check us out on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Also on our website, thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Marlon, what did I just say earlier, bro? Yep, yep, Does that's that exactly what we're talking about. And so, so let's segue into that with this. Um, Ricky, Rick, uh, uh, Ricky and I was speaking in depth today, probably about an hour, about this, um, about um, Deion Sanders. But I want you to give your take, and then we could we can all give our our input. So with the I think Dion's approach was good, right? I just think the timing was bad. So I don't disagree with where he went. I just disagree with the timing of it. Correct. Because what he was doing was upsetting the system. Fundamentally upsetting the system. Yes, sir. So in my opinion, I think that the timing of it was bad. I think that he should have waited. Two more years, three more years. Yeah, around that time make them hurt, make them go through pain, bring up the HBCUs to get to them. Because right now, what's going to, in my opinion, what's going to end up happening is you're going to see some of these D1 collegiate schools, these SEC schools, they're going to go and they're going to try to hire the Dion's of the world, the black talent, right? And I think one of two things is going to happen. It's going to put a chokehold on some of these HBCUs again, and it's also going to do another thing. I think that there's going to be a level of failure that occurs. And then they're going to say, see, told you we should have never, never hired Ricky. Ricky could have never yeah. coached him. He should have yeah. never been here. So uh, I'm afraid that the timing of it 
is gonna is a little bit off, but I'm not opposed to what he did. God bless him. You know, he wants to go to Colorado uh, State University. Go ahead. I don't know if too many black people know about what Colorado is like. Yet alone Colorado <laughs> State University. But Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, Boulder. Boulder, Colorado. Hey, yeah. Crime I'm, free. I'm, they're going to learn. They're going to learn. <laughs> and you're exactly right with the timing because I was telling Ricky that all of Alabama's um, top guys have put themselves in the portal because they wanted to go with Dion. If he had stayed at Jackson State, he was, they were going to, they were going to force him, Jackson State, to actually play at a, at the big, at, at a big five school with the big fives because they're, they're already beating everybody by 20 points mm-hmm. in the ace, in the slack. They would have to, because these guys, they, they're, they're going to take the best, the best, you know what I'm saying? Um, you the, also, timing, the timing, go ahead. You have to look at it also from a financial incentive standpoint. Wherever people are looking at it only as Dion is getting paid, it's bigger than that. The players with their NIL deals are getting yes. paid. Yeah, and yeah, you have yeah. to look at you have to look at the funnel source. A lot of these kids are young and impressionable, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they're going to follow prime time. Like we remember Dion playing. Mm-hmm. We yeah, remember yeah. what he was like. Yeah, we remember yeah. seeing that. Like people yeah. are just getting a small snippet of what Dion yeah. is like. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. He's infectious. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there he's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna he's basically gonna divert and choke up the funnel source of where these recruiters can go, where they can get talent. Cause at the end of the day, the Miamis of the world, the Floridas, the South Carolinas, the South Carolinas of the world, where a lot of these players are coming from. The Southern Belt, they are going to choke up that area, and he's going to divert all of those resources to his school yeah. because at the end of the day, their NIL deals are going to pay them. I might not make it to the NFL, but I'm going to make yeah. But I'm going to make this money while I'm in college. Yes, at sir. Its bare, yeah. At its bare yeah. minimum, and then you yeah. combine you a young man, ego driven, men even at forty at our age, like. We some of us can't even handle fame and fortune. You mean to tell yeah. me you're going to tell an 18 year old kid to be able to handle 150, 200 thousand dollars endorsement deals, and he's got girls on campus? Mm. He's going to go towards he's going to go towards Dion. Yeah. He's going to go towards <laughs> Dion without a doubt. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. And you see, it, and you you're hearing it on ESPN now, where they're talking about this transfer portal and stuff like that, where they're going to change the rules. Okay. They're going to change the rules. They already said it. They're going to have to change the rules. Yeah. Now these guys, it's like they have their own careers in their head. But but here's the thing. Change the rules all you want. It doesn't matter. They don't have the transfer portals in existence be, for people that are at that level, that are in the collegiate system. Yeah. I'm not really concerned about the collegiate system because you have to, and, and it's a business. You're never functioning in the right now in a business. You're always functioning six months to a year from now in a business. So I'm really going to be concerned about the junior or senior? No. no. I'm not concerned mm-mm, about that. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm concerned about that One six star, foot, The five-star. Yep. Yeah, the five-star. I'm concerned about that six-foot-five. I saw the other day on, on TikTok a video. Six-foot-five, 280-pound lineman who can run his 40 in six seconds. 
As a 14-year-old, imagine when he gets his development, his strength, his conditioning up to par. That's the guy that Dion's going for. Yeah, And he's going to want to be with Dion. He's going to want to see somebody who looks like him. He's not even going to call him coach. He's going to call him pop. (laughs) You're right. You're right. So, again, I look at it like this. They're going to have to kill Dion. That's the only way. That's That's the the only way. That's the only way they're going to stop him because he's because you also got to think about it. It's not Dion has knowledge of the game, but he also has knowledge of business. Business. You're going to find other people. You're going to find other players. You're going to find the Terrell Owens's. You're going to find the um, what's the what's the former linebacker from. From Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Um, um, j- uh, 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 we just talked about what's about his name. Uh, um, Stop. I'm in Ray Baltimore. Lewis. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Yeah. Ray Lewis. Or, or, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Ed, you're gonna find those guys who have the ability to have the knowledge of the game, and you're gonna combine them with somebody who has knowledge of the business also, and they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. And I think that it's a good microcosm to why. I don't want to say all white people, but a select majority of white people are in fear of giving access to people of color because we will show out. We will go, whatever the standard is, we will exceed it by any and all means. And I think that you're going to start to highlight and you're going to start to see that. And you're going to start to see that the the Nick Sabans of the world are not Mm -hmm. as special as they, that people like to think. Correct. Mm. You get all you get all top um, recruits. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Everybody, the five star on your team. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if I have a Ferrari racing against eighty five Civics. Of course. <laughs> of course, I'm going to win. I have I have what three staff members per per individual per per athlete. Yeah. Strength and conditioning, food, nutrition. Yeah. Nutri- everything is taken care of for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ima- imagine that. Like, come on, like. I, Again, I think it's it's high state capitalism at at work, and mm-hmm. you're going to see fully and totally the full weight of it when Dion starts winning. Yeah, because and he's going to win. It's mm-hmm. one thing. It's yeah. one thing that you know they say that, you know they're in fear of this. It's when he starts winning that they're really yeah. going to be scared. That's when you're going to start to see them start grabbing for straws everywhere that they can. Yeah. That's when you yeah. start to see yeah. that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I hear it. It was too soon, but I'm also looking at it from a perspective of it's too soon based off of the the goal of what I would want from it, right? Or the bigger picture of what we see at the bigger picture for HBCUs. Um, but I was thinking about it today, and I was like, "But what is the what was the what's the bigger picture for Dion?" And money. what is too soon for him? You think you think it's money? I don't 100%. know. I don't know. He don't even know. said it's, it's money, money or in, influence. No, it's money. Yeah. I mean, it, power corrupts, and power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Does the influence matter? Yeah, sure it does. But the ability to earn that dollar, he even said it on his sixty minutes interview. He's going. He was going to leave. He gave you the prelude. Yeah, yeah, he said yeah. he was going to leave. Oh yeah, but absolutely. but he deserves that money. Jackson State wasn't paying him the money that he that he wanted. He no, knew that. No. Yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. going to go and prove to them, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to go from the from the gutter, and I'm going to yeah. show you guys what I can do from the gutter. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now 
Now pay me my money. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You're yeah. gonna see even beyond that, even beyond that. Do I think that he'll go on the NFL route? He said. Maybe? He said no. He said no. I think yeah. money talks. But 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why go the NFL route? For what? Yeah. For what? Exactly. When you can get the when get you can the same, get the same amount of money, if not more. It's more yep. high stakes. Yeah. No, in, yeah. in my opinion, I think that Dion, there's duality that exists. Yeah. You can have this system where I'm functioning at a high level at the collegiate level, and you can say that I can I want to be the stepping stone for other players like myself to go and be given opportunities at the NFL or other uh, collegiate levels. So I think that he's going to be good where he's at. I don't think he stays at Colorado. I think he no, moves. No. I think he moves yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. else to one of those really prestigious schools and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <clears throat> and really takes that program to another level. Also, I think yeah. that it'll go. I think it'll go somewhere around that around that route. And he's very strategic. I, I, I think he's very strategic. I think me and Ricky was saying, you go to a school that's one in eleven. There's nowhere but up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's almost. It, it's the question is, how much do you want to win? Yeah, 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 do yeah. you want to win a little or do you want to win a whole lot? A lot. Yeah. So either way, it's still winning. He's winning yes. no matter what. He's winning no, no matter what. And it's to me, I think it's a beautiful thing. Like yeah. fundamentally, I think it's a beautiful thing. I just my the emotional part of me says somewhat of the same thing as you guys, the timing of it and what is the impact to HBCUs. I feel as though it has brought them to the it's brought them back to the level. There's no allure about it anymore. Or I'm going to go to an HBCU. You got to now find like those HBCUs now have to step up to the plate. In my opinion, you're not going to replicate Dion. Don't try to look for it. He's one in a million. You need to find yeah. another player with the same level of, I guess, glitter and gold and put yeah. him in there and put the team to support him, put a good yeah. staff around him to make those players want to come back to HBCUs again. And say, okay, just because yeah. Dion left, you know, it's still good here. It's still good. Come back here. You need to come here. Shit. They literally bought up the school system from South Carolina State University because of Dion in mm. the congressional testimony. Could, you, I don't know if you guys heard about no, this. No, I didn't hear that. No, I didn't no. hear that. Oh, man. <laughs> so the impact that Dion had the amount of students that were coming back to HBCUs. Oh, yes, yes. They said they were, oh, yeah, they had to put people into um, hotels. Yeah, and hotels like and waiting yeah. lists. And what ended up happening was the bigger schools or the white schools that are, these are state schools, by the way, that yeah. are funded and they're supposed to be funded at equal levels. Those schools started seeing their enrollments drop Stopping and HBCU, HBCU went up. started to rise, and they want that the infrastructure needs to yeah. be changed. Yeah, and they're saying they're saying, wait, 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 wait a second, because yeah. the board members of the schools are saying, hey, this is a problem. This is going to affect the bottom line. We Absolutely. need to stop yeah. this. Yeah. And you know how they positioned it? They made it seem like the HBCU directors were doing something nefarious, and the HBCU directors were somehow not capable of doing what needed to be done in order to manage their schools. And they're, they're, what they're saying is, no, we're doing what we're supposed to. It's just people are coming back to HBCUs. And mm. there's a lead time. There's, there's an infrastructure requirement. We need to have that infrastructure. And oh, by the way, 
we'd have had the infrastructure, we'd have had everything to take care of them if we were fu- being funded properly. properly. But mm-hmm. we're not. Yeah. So this is affecting these people's bottom lines, and it's a, it's a major, major problem for a lot of these white schools. It, it's fundamentally a major problem. And Man. they're going to have to reconcile this at some way, shape, or form. And in my opinion, I, I would love to be able to see it, to see it happen. And again, I'm right here in D.C., right next to Howard University. Yeah. I, like, I go over there sometime from time to time. And, like, it's amazing to be able to see some of the talent that's on there. Yeah. That's yeah. there. Like, these are literally the people that are going to some of the major tech companies, and you never hear about them. They never get spoken about. They are literally setting trends, guiding how things should go. But it's always a white guy that's taking the that's taking control or taking credit for it. And it's it's not going to. I don't agree with things like the Kanyes of the world, but within that level of of stupidity and craziness, there is a sliver of it that's truth, which is. Why is it that it's always us that are doing this and it's always some white guy at the top who's taking the credit and being told that, you know, oh, he did something amazing. It's not. It's just not. I'm not saying that they don't, but the large proportion or majority of it, it's it's people of color, period. That's not in my opinion. It's a fact. It's It's always been. It's always been. Yeah. So the question is, how do we position ourselves, in my opinion, for to maintain control? Um, and that's going to be where the difficult part comes into play because now yeah. you're dealing with unseating power and to unseat power, power does not go quietly into the night ever or at all. Now ever you see ever. with, um, the NBA and the, um, big three, what's happening to the big, th- I don't know if you saw that, 100%. That, they, that, that, that the NBA told um, investors don't mess with the big three. Yeah. Yeah. First they laugh at you. Okay, you've heard the saying. Yes. Now, now they're scared of him. Now they're mad at him. Yep. The next phase, what that's going to look like, I don't know. But he's prime for he's prime for acquisition. Yeah. But what they don't like is something that I said in my video. It's not that. It's not that they don't believe in you. It's that they do believe in you, but they just don't want it to be you. Mm. If this was if this was Michael Tannenbaum, who created. The big three, they they they'd be propping him up because he said he he actually talked to um what's his name Silver right and he said he said to him hey you we'll give you a percentage because we know he knew that there was gonna be some contention mm-hmm. so he had told him like yo we'll give you a percentage of the big three because yes we're we're we have NBA players you know granted they're retired. So, so that there was no contention. They said no. And like you said, laughed at them. Probably like, no, nah, we're not going to do this. That's your little, your little thing you're doing over there. You do it. But then when it starts taking off, they go, oh, snap. It's huge. I want you to think about, I want you to think about the nostalgia of the game, right? When I watch these younger players now, and to me, maybe it's because I'm getting old, but they look like babies, right? Yeah. I remember... The Charles Oakleys of the yes, world, sir. banging mm-hmm. in that paint, yes mm-hmm. sir, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. straight up, mm-hmm. hardcore actual basketball. Yeah, and I say to myself, every single person, because the game has it has such a huge demographic in terms of age, that 
your guy that's at 50 still watches it with the guy that's 18 and they yeah. still have a fandom that is equal. And yeah. if anything, you can argue successfully that the fandom of the 50 year olds more important because he brings liquidity to the game. He brings Correct. capital behind him, Correct. the Correct. ability Correct. to purchase jerseys, the ability to purchase uh, tickets. Uh, tickets and whatnot. Yeah. 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 So those people are just as important to keep in your Rolodex. And they see that, hey, we can't give this guy a platform. Can you imagine if this starts getting broadcast on ESPN? In, right. my, in my opinion, if I'm Ice Cube, I go, the, I go the, the guerrilla marketing route. I go to the Instagrammers of the world, the sports, uh, the people who do like the sports clips and highlights and stuff like that. And I get them to start broadcasting. I get them to start uh, doing clips and stuff like that. That'll be yeah. huge. At that point in time, you're forced, you're forced, Barstool Sports, you are forced to start saying, okay, we need to give this guy a platform. Because one thing that, that's for sure, money is going to follow money. And Correct. the Adam Silvers of the world, they don't want him to get there. But at the end of the day, if the top powers being the broadcasting companies see a huge, huge opportunity, they're oh, going to put man, downward... They're going to put yeah. downward pressure on Adam Silver and be like, listen, you need to make a you need to make a deal because we're losing a whole lot of money potentially by missing right. out on this. And the yeah, last right. thing that you want to do, and it, it sucks that he's not able to that he wasn't able to do it. But a guy like Byron Allen, if he was able to purchase and he starts broadcasting this, it's going to be a problem. Yes, sir. It's going to be yes, a problem, sir. a major problem. But here's the thing. I think Ice Cube is looking at it the wrong way. I wouldn't be going towards broadcasting on on NBC. NBC in this case. Yeah, Brian the Allen. majority of it's handheld. It's mobile. Yeah, people yeah. are ingesting it through mobile. So yeah. I'd look I'm at not it. I'm going to sit down and watch the TV. Yeah, yeah I'm not going yeah. to sit down on TV and watch it. Yeah, I mean, what are you what are you fighting for? The demographic on Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday? Nah, you yeah. still got five days out of the week. I'd be fighting yes, for that sir. demographic without yes, a doubt. Fighting for that demographic. So I, I think that. The strategy might be a little bit off, but I think what he's doing is going to be insanely huge, insanely huge. I said this from when I first when I first started about the big three. I was like, he's going to be a problem. They're going to have to buy him because if they don't buy him, he's going he's going to be a wrecking ball. And they know it. They know it. And right now, they're, he, was, they're, he was talking about going global. I think one time he was talking about going into Africa, going to all these. He wanted to have big three like in Europe, big three in Africa. He wanted to go all over. And um, I, I, I'm here to see it, man. I'm here you know, to see it. I mean, you got to ask yourself, and I don't think that most people have really done it. Who owns the NBA? Mm, oh, oh, yeah, Ricky and I just looked at that. The NBA is actually a nonprofit, non-profit organization. organization. Who owns it? Who started it? Look that up. Your viewers should look that up. It's a very interesting, it's a, again, for whatever reason, I don't understand how 99% of the labor force is black, but yet the ownership is 1% white. So why is it that Harry Tannenbaum is the owner and founder of the, uh, again, I'm just using that name. It's not specifically this guy. Yeah. But why is it that the ownership structure looks like this <clears throat> and they're preventing the people who actually are responsible for making the success of the game happen from being owners? And having a seat at the table. Nobody's saying that we want to remove you. What we're saying is we want a seat at the table. And if it's true capitalism, cream rises to the top. 
Now, now, all right, let me let me play devil's advocate, right? Because uh, the viewers are going to be like, man, these guys are all in sync. They're just all saying the same message. So now let's, for, for somebody out there, they're saying, um, okay, we had the ABA, even though the ABA truly wasn't owned Black, but, you know, we had the ABA that was supporting the Blacks, and we left there. We had our Negro baseball leagues. We had all these stuff, and then we gave it up in order to join the NBA, the 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 uh, uh, National Baseball League, whatever, whatever we joined. Why don't we believe in our stuff, whatever it may be, whatever commodity it may be, to to invest in it to rise it to that top? Because I think that I think that we underestimate the power of white supremacy, and it's not white supremacy in the sense of all white people. It's the small minority that is incredibly powerful that have driven marketing forces. Think about something. Uh, uh, let's remove the example from basketball. Yeah. Louis Vuitton is shitty leather yeah. that costs maybe 45 to 50 bucks <laughs> to make. But yet we will pay eight to $900 for it because it is affiliated with and white Europe, Eurocentric, you know, the white guy likes it or the white guy really covets it. So we covet it. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense because, well, when you think about it, when we look at fashion, well, the majority of the fashion is being made by and designed by people of color. Yes, yeah, sir. They get a lot of their prints, like the the dashiki and kente cloth colors and whatnot, all of that is incorporated in fashion now. Yeah. The, the yeah. silks, the types of cotton, they look to influence from people of color. Yeah. So the question becomes within ourselves where we need to look at the mirror and say, why is it that when it's white, it's right, but the second that it's black, it ain't right. We don't want to be a part of it. Like, we need to have that, that honest discussion with ourselves. We can't continue to look outwards outside the house. We got to look inside the house on this one. And we sort of have to deconstruct or decolonize that mindset to, to an example, to, to an extent. Will it be difficult? Yeah. Very but, difficult. But I think that it's also one of those things like, and I had to get away from the mindset, not everybody is going to make it. And, and you know what, too? You know, and, and Marlon and I, we started doing this and give you guys a little behind the scenes of how we operate some of our stuff uh, to all the travelers out there. Um, we, we develop websites, we develop apps, we do all these different things. And we can come at a ticket price of, you know, X amount, like, hey, man, this is how much it costs in the market. You got to pay this amount, right? But when we look at certain businesses and we're like, hey, we know you offer a great service, right? But it doesn't look like you offer a great service. Can we step in and show the world and match your capabilities to the way it looks and present it to the world? Let's, let's partner with you to put you on that platform, right? Now, not everyone is doing that, right? And, and, and a lot of times, these are these companies that are small businesses that are just getting going. A website is, you know, is a nice to have in some cases, right? Not the most important thing for, for them at the time. And they're just trying to get by, have some type of presence. But it's like, hey, well, let's partner with you 
to get you on the same playing field. I know guys, man, they're producing T-shirts, uniforms, they're producing uh, services, HR services, all these different things these people are doing. And I'm like, yo, you're killing the game. But if I compare you to someone else out there and just look on the face value, someone like, just going back to your point of, oh, this looks this looks better, this looks right because the pictures on here look like they're a little cleaner. Right. <laughs> on this side and it's like oh no nah, they don't know what they're doing over there and it's like so where where is it in our responsibility and it's kind of the way Marlon and I are just kind of taking up the mantle and I don't think we even did it on purpose it was just more so just out of nature who we are it's like okay you know what how do we help them get to, to, to another level and, and I'm not saying that I know how to get you to level uh, 99. I, I can't say that, but I know I can get you a lot higher than where you are, right? So I'm going to take whatever I can, and of course I can't, you know, I'll, I'll work with you in doing that in terms of funding and finance and whatever it may be, but let us let me help you grow to that next level because I know I can give you something, get you up another speed, without me worrying about you cutting into my, my game. Or my outshining. Game. Or outshining. Or outshining. Like, there, to me, and again, I think that it, it involves a little bit of mindset, like what you're articulating right now is very much the dilemma of false expectations. There are people's expectations that they have of what you're, what they're supposed to get from you. Right. Mm. And it's really, it's really perverse and really weird. If it's a white guy that they're coming for these services for, he tells them the price. He tells them what he's going to do. They're like, Oh yeah, 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 sure. But if it's you, <laughs> the expectation is set at a higher bar. Yeah. And yeah. at the same time that it's set at a higher bar, the price is set at a lower bar. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a level of of massive space that's in between there. And at the end of the day, it it's again, it goes back to we de- we don't value ourselves. So in turn, when somebody that looks like us we don't value them either. And we're willing to sacrifice incremental gain for long-term pain. Mm. I'd rather not do, I'd rather not pay you and not and not get better than to not be able to pay somebody who's white or different and be able to get maybe better if I'm lucky. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. I'd much rather pay you, get that incremental gain, and then get to the next level. If you can take me to that next level after that, great. If I find somebody else who can do it, great. It's still a great. win. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah. It, it just, it doesn't make sense to me that they still think like this. And w- what I'm sitting here wondering now is, considering how much information is so readily available, how is it that people are not able to be more educated and more clairvoyant on some of these aspects of life? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. knowledge is there. But we're caught up in what I call mass psychosis, where mm-hmm. yeah. you are just fundamentally in this shade room, world star hip hop cycle of entertainment, Correct. where we're not looking at the fact that, again, we talked about Deion Sanders, but we also have to talk about the fact that there is a black woman who just cured cancer. Mm. Didn't hear about it. With no chemotherapy. A black woman in her 40s has cured cancer using 
radio knife therapy, basically lasers throughout the entire body, removing and stripping away cancer. Mm. That right there, you think Dion's NIL deal or his college deal is something? That's a trillion dollar system that will upset the entire health pharmaceuticals, equipment, everything. It trickles down. Doctors. Everything. So we're not talking about that. That should be on the front page of every news article. It should be the first headline on TV, televised news. She cured cancer. Not that this isn't like some Dr. Sabi or she cured cancer. There's not a person that you or I know of. Out of the three of us, one of us will develop cancer. Mm. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's the numbers. Yeah. And when we don't talk about that and you have to ask yourself why. That's not an accident either when you're asking yourself why. It's not a coincidence when you're asking yourself why. Yeah. Our conversations have to change, bro. You, you, you know what I noticed? What, and bring it back to Dion. You know what I noticed what Dion did when he first walked into the room? He made sure that he told us it, just, just the way, and we understand this from you and I being in the military. Um, he came in, he said, you will not wear earrings. You won't wear flip-flops to school. You won't wear um, pajamas to class. You'll keep your pants. You'll open the door for, 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 for young ladies. You'll say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And you won't. And he put all these expectations so that they're, they change the perception of what they thought success should be like. I'm talking to you right now. I'm in a T-shirt. I'm in a pair of windbreakers. But if I'm in a suit, I'm sitting up straight. I'm speaking mm-hmm. in an act certain mm-hmm. way. When you ca- when you wear the uniform, you carry yourself a certain yep. way. Certain way accordingly. Yep. So these are all positive things, especially from a for a group of men who probably and most likely never saw those things. Correct. So he's instituting the off field standards, and it's the off field standards that are going to bring and elevate the on field standards. Standards. And it's it's what you do consistently that you'll be able to do consistently well. And if they're carrying this, because again, football practice at the collegiate level, you're dealing with maybe three hours of practice. That still leaves you 21 hours minus eight hours of sleep. You're still almost 12 hours, 14 hours out of the day where you were applying this standard at every given time. So what you do for those 12 hours, you will start to do in your sleep also. When you wake up and get to get to that practice field, you're still maintaining that high level of, of standard. You're applying yeah. it in what you do, excellence in all you do. You know, being that perfectionist. Get you don't practice to get it right. You practice until you get it right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think I think that when you look at that, he's just he's not. I don't think that he's doing anything that is some Oprah aha moment. He's just putting in work. That's it. Work. And JP, don't you hate, you know, it's funny you say you're in a windbreaker, you're in a t-shirt. Ricky and I experienced this all the time because Ricky worked with VCs. Ricky's an engineer, worked with VCs, um, um, now CIO and all this kind of different stuff, right? Me, um, uh, um, military, 
also work now. Now the work that I'm doing is, I don't want to say what it is, right? Don't you hate when you're in a room, right? And you hear somebody talking about a subject and you know, you know, almost that subject inside out. Well, you're the dude, just like you said, with a suit. That probably doesn't look like us. That's running his suck, right? <laughs> and everybody's just like, mm, okay. Mm, and you're like, bro, nothing works like what this dude is talking about. Nothing. <laughs> I always say this, like one of the things that I never do, and I've been around conversations like that all the time. I never offend or wound the king. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let him talk. Let him talk. And a lot of the times it's just human behavior. Sometimes yeah, people yeah. just want to be heard. Yeah. Let them yeah. talk. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that same level of talk, when it meets action, it's never consistent and it'll never be applied properly to be able to work. Because yeah. you and I both know that the guy's full of shit, whatever he was talking about. So it'll never work. So all it is is conversation for the sake of conversation. It's noise. I, I like to tell staff sometimes, like you guys are focusing on the noise of a situation rather than the substance. So yeah. let people make noise all they want. I focus yeah. on the substance. Man, man, I, man, I love, man. man we, we've got we've got we've got an hour and eight minutes. But one thing I want to say, I know Rick uh, Rick allowed me to introduce you. I'm gonna allow Rick to wrap it up because he allowed me. He did a <laughs> but uh, but uh, he's the king right now. But no, but uh, so and and on a lighter note, I want everyone to see this and see that sometimes what you're doing is stupid. I don't know if you're following or watching or seeing this Haitian versus Jamaican thing that's been going on, and it's so dumb. I don't know if you saw. No. So right now, on somebody said something, and it was either taken out of context or whatever it was. But now there's this thing on TikTok or in the environment that is kind of Jamaicans against Haitian. Oh, who's better in the Caribbean? And we're back to that, right? And I want to kill all of that because we don't understand. I want to tell people, JP's Haitian. Say America's better. Yeah. <laughs> right? There you go. And then Ricky's American. I'm Jamaican. You know, we, we, we sit down and we're all in the same. It's crazy that we're all in the same struggle, all in the same field working but we want to debate who's who's, who's the better person in the field <laughs> when it's all this when it's all the same it's all the same all and the same it's not by accident that these fights happen the the one thing that i'm hearing about more than anything because i guess it's from our country and i say our country because <clears throat> haiti and jamaica are no different to me no um, Haiti, Jamaica, Barbados, they're, they're no different. All, the only difference that exists is maybe the, the language, maybe. Correct. But the only structural difference is where the boat stopped. Correct. No difference That's besides it. that. Um, I've, the one thing that I've been following is the Haiti and Dominican Republic uh, nonsense. Yeah, That's, that's another one. one. Uh, which is the, the weirdest, most perverse thing. And I highlighted to say, this is what white supremacy does. White supremacy will have you know, the fact that Marlon is lighter skin than me, judging me because I'm darker. Like, <laughs> you know, like that, that, that's, that's a darker real you got thing. here. I got to hate you, man. You got yeah. here. You and Rick like, got here. <laughs> you like, I, <laughs> like, these are the, these are the, what we're fighting about. 
And the yeah. system banks on the fact that we will fight over these mundane and trivial things amongst ourselves. Again, it, and it's, it, we see it all the time. There's a reason why rappers never get killed on Park Avenue. Mm. They get killed where they live. They get killed by people they know that look like them. There's a reason for that. That's not accidental. And we need to understand that and move beyond the noise of the issue. And it takes two at the end of the day to have an argument. If I'm on some, uh, some level of stupidity, Marlon needs to learn how to just ignore me and just cast me to the side because engaging me just fuels the fire. Correct. Mm. Man, we're going to end it on that, man. No, JP, it's, man, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much, man. Same here. With you, man. Um, Same here to you guys. Same here. I didn't even talk much. I was just sitting there listening because, I mean, just, just getting you in the room and it's giving you a chance to take a break from your work. You can see all the steam that you had just rolls out. Like, man, this is what I've been working on. Uh, this is what I've been thinking about. No, I, I love it, man. And just travelers and listeners that are here, man, I want you to rewind this. Rewind it. We don't even do rewind anymore, right? Uh, <laughs> go back to the beginning, beginning, replay this, take out a notebook. Just, I mean, leave your comments and your thoughts on some of the topics that we were talking about. We talked about quite a few things here uh, tonight, man, but all just really just focused around, hey, about us, right? You know, around us. And I think that probably one of the biggest messages that we just start talking about in the end here is, Focus on you, man. Really, I, I I I really just encourage everyone to focus on you, yourself, uh, your family, your legacy. You're trying to build up uh, your your people in there, in that you know, just like really, really focus on that, man. Cut the distractions, cut the noise. A lot of that stuff is not getting us anywhere, um, and it's always going to be there, right? Um, so yeah, guys, we can go on and on with it, but we really appreciate everyone. For stopping and tuning in uh, to this episode this week. And we will see you guys next week at the same time on a success journey show. Everyone have a good one. Peace. I want love. Take care, guys. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination. 